0: Pop culture pastor. Cody, um, the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trials finally over. So I don't ever have to hear about them again, right? Nobody's got to send me their reels or uh, TikToks.
1: I will send you all the reels.
0: <laughs> it really captured people's fascination. And on some level, I, when I thought about this, I was like, well, is it just escapism for us? Is, are we just escaping into this? Because it was so, uh, like, listen, we've talked about this before, but they're both so odd. They're really odd folks. Both of them.
1: The reels on the Facebook had uh, revealed that from this trial that, oh, they both are a little peculiar. The whole time to me
0: it felt like it's it's as if you're, you were watching your parents go through a divorce. I had that feeling like I don't feel real good about this either way. Yeah. I don't I didn't understand the people that were like I'm team Amber or team Johnny. <laughs> it's like really I'm team awkward. This feels awkward.
1: <laughs> I am team Edward. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>
0: All right, Cody, we gotta talk about this. Okay. This I this is part of the where I didn't grow up Christian, where I have I, I don't understand sometimes. Cause this is more of a culture thing than actually a biblical thing, in my opinion. Okay. And it has to do with every form of entertainment is bad, Cody. It's all okay. bad. Okay. The first installment of a seven-part Marvel and DC's War on God series has been released by the Christian media company Good Fight Ministries. Marvel and DC as in the comic book companies who make the movies. Okay. War on God. Uh okay. this company okay so basically their 150 minute film The Antichrist Agenda what they're trying to say is that, uh, that they, they're going to document how popular comic books and the movies that they have spawned are riddled with Antichrist themes okay. that glorify gratuitous violence, sexual perversion, blasphemy, and the occult. Okay. Let's just stop right there for a second. Yeah. Antichrist. You have thoughts on that? I have thoughts, but I'll just see, I'll, I'll cede the floor to you. Um, if you if you want to say something about that, because about the antichrist agenda of um, these comic book companies, because I mean I thought their agenda was just to make money,
1: so which isn't
0: necessarily a Christ like uh, calling, but I don't know that it's opposed. You know, I don't know that they're you know s- they're
1: gunning for him either. So I I feel that Christendom as a culture. Doesn't really flush out their ideas fully. Um, Because, again, money is not the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And so, uh, making money, not a bad thing. And um, this... I have so many issues with this company (laughs) right now. Um, So many. Because... Literally, they better not say the days of the week or the months of the year. If you have problems with this, I know that one of their points. I mean, if
0: you call Thursday, Thursday, Thursday you're guilty of, you know, being a lover of Norse mythology, I guess. Yes. Because it's literally Thor's day.
1: It is. It is. Yeah, I have so many beefs <laughs> with this.
0: I mean, can we please differentiate as the church between, uh, we do this all the time, and this is, like, um, this is like the broader version of asking non-Christians to adhere to Christian-like um, thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, why would a movie company or a comic book company care about your Christ-like qualities and want to fit into that bubble? Like, they have, no, they have no course to fit into that. And if they don't want to fit into that, It doesn't mean that they're like working against you. They're not they don't care about you. That's the that's the thing. It's like you seem to care about them. Yes. But and you assume that means they care as much about you and are opposing you at every turn, but they're not. They're just making money. They're telling stories. That's it.
1: They'll either get your money or they won't. So this this thing from Good Fight
0: Ministries narrated by a pastor Joe Schimmel. And it's this ins- the, the, it's installment number one, seven-part series on Marvel and DC Comics' War on God. Uh, Pastor Schimmel says this, quote, Many leading comic book writers have admitted that they are using seduction, manipulation, the occult, and even the Bible to influence children to view the God of the Bible from a twisted slant. What leading comic people? That's social media stuff right there. Uh, some people have said no. What people? Because it sounds like it's just you're saying that, and you want to make it sound more important.
1: I can point out comic books that definitely are more perverse, yeah, but and but like, yeah. I'm not reading them. Uh, as it's, with as with any story, you need to search out the stories
0: that you feel like aren't offending your sensibilities.
1: Yeah, I'm not reading Fifty Shades of Grey. That's not, not yeah, the book geared towards me. Some ladies in the church are, but let's not go there. Let's pick on comic books instead. Instantly, I'm like, they they get a pastor I haven't heard of, which I'm good with not hearing of the pastor, but you're you're making it sound like this is someone of great importance narrating. If you would have got Morgan Freeman, I might have been down to watch it. This Pastor Schimmel, perhaps best known,
0: best known for his 2004 documentary, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll, which delved into the hidden agendas of popular musical artists such as Elvis, The Doors, Led Zeppelin. You too! No. No. (laughs) Creed, Britney Spears, and DMX? What? DMX does not... One of these things is not like the other. One of these (laughs) things does not belong. How do you lump in DMX... With the Doors and Led Zeppelin and
1: You Too, And, and Creed. Creed? <laughs> Creed? <laughs> Which everyone's big knock when they made it big on Creed was, well, they're a Christian band. No one should listen to them.
0: <laughs> Pastor Schimmel should just admit that he, fu- he thinks all art is evil. That the, the, the creative output of human beings should not be a thing. Now, Which if, is a weird stance to take for a, a Christian because we only create because God created. It's the part of us made in his image.
1: Now, if Pastor Schimmel would flush out his idea and say, when we elevate or put too much emphasis on the art, we lose sight of the creator.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's the discussion that really needs to be had for anything. Yes. Yeah, anything can become an idol, Cody.
1: Mm-hmm. And th- that th- discussion is valid. That so whenever these arguments pop up, it that's where my mind always goes to. It's like you haven't flushed out the idea why it's quote unquote evil. If you go all in and say, Well, people are worshipping this or have elevated this above their relationship with God, then okay, we have a discussion. But if it's oh, this is something I do with the family we go watch the newest marvel movie and then we're done yeah this is just so
0: problematic it's so problematic and it's always like so you're gonna pretend you're bringing this to everyone's attention because marvel movies aren't the biggest thing in the world right now this has nothing to do with you selling some documentaries Mm -hmm. nothing you just happen to pick this large phenomenal phenomenon thing that most people regard as like cotton candy. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, like look, no one's, uh, I, we went to comic con, the people that were hardcore and, and into the things dressed up, they weren't mostly comic car- or uh, Marvel characters. No, they were anime. Like the people that are hardcore into stuff. Usually it's not the Marvel movies. Yep. Most Marvel movie people are just casual watchers. They, they spend two hours watching a movie. They enjoy it. They have fun. And then they go and forget about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing but, you know, it's a popcorn flake. It's summer movies. It's entertainment. And I feel like this guy maybe just doesn't get it. And I think if you're going to critique something, you should, you should become a student of that. Like, actually get in there and try to understand why people like it. Because, you know, if, if he talked to someone like me, I'd tell him, I was like, hey, when I grew up, Comic books were my companion. I was a lonely kid. Comic books taught me how to read. My vocabulary blossoms because of comic books. And and yes, even as a kid, I knew when I came across a comic book that had some more adult things in it, I understood that there was content in it that maybe I didn't need to read. And I, I, I wouldn't get those comics again.
1: Stay away from most Frank Miller comics.
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved Spider-Man. And I loved... I was, My favorite comics were the ones where they were just, it's good versus evil. It brings me to the thing, uh, the claim, the last thing I want to point out about Pastor Joe Schimmel's uh, thing here, where he's, he's saying that Marvel and DC comic books are declaring war on God, saying these stories are anti-Christ in nature, which I believe is incorrect. I think that is a gross misrepresentation of what you're seeing. Are there elements in these stories that are fantastical um, that delve maybe sometimes into things that would might make you uncomfortable for your kids to see? Sure. And that should be up to each parent, knowing your child, what they can handle the conversations you can have. Like I do that with my children. My children don't see every Marvel movie. I've decided that there's some that they don't watch.
1: Well, I mean, it goes back to like when I was a child or teenager that, Harry Potter movie started coming out and witchcraft and it's like, yeah. well, it's it's made up, it's whimsical, yeah. it's fantastical, whatever you want to put in it, but like I'm not believing that I can go out and perform these spells and then boom, I'm going to Hogwarts. Which JK Rowling started to create because she was telling her
0: kids a bedtime story. It was just a fantastical story to tell your children to entertain them before they went to bed it wasn't training them for the occult you're you're putting your own meanings and emphasis on something that's meant to be entertainment that the creators did not envision and that's like listen we can all go to an art museum and and look at a painting and say this is what it means to me but we do this all the time we even do this with the bible you don't get to do that at the end of the day. It's okay to do that. It's okay to say, this is what it means to me. But at the end of the day, you don't get to say what it means to the creator, the person who created the art. It is what they say it is, what what it was when they created it, what it was for, the their context.
1: Yes. Yeah, so a lot of times we get into isogenical or eisegesis with scripture and other things that we insert our own views, interpretations into it. Where exegetical is where you take into account what the original creator's meaning is, what the culture around it is, all the things that go into it instead of, well, this is what it means to me.
0: I love it when that Bible
1: school education starts pouring out of you. It happens from time to time. (sighs) Look at the money well spent. It was money spent (laughs) at least.
0: (laughs) Um, I think the last thing I want to say about it, though, is this. They're just stories. I don't think stories are bad just because they're stories. When God came to earth and, and became human and he started his ministry, Jesus taught the bulk of his teachings were in the form of stories. He told stories. Listen, these people didn't have movies. They didn't have books. This was their, like telling stories was how they entertained each other. hmm eating together, telling stories. And that's what Jesus did. And it says something about us as humans. It says something that we soak in more when someone tells us the story, because I've said this many times on our program before. Um, the reason that's such a fantastic form of communication is when I tell my children, don't do that. It means one thing. Don't do that. But if I tell my children a story with a moral, it has layers. There's, there's many things I'm communicating.
1: So in my, uh, masters of social work classes studying to become a therapist they talk about how analogies to simplify your point through story is a more effective way than just saying you should not worry if you actually tell a story that illustrates your point then it sinks in deeper and it's more likely to be used instead of you just flat out telling them Hey, stop that. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it's clinically studied and proven.
0: And finally, let's get to the last the last thing I want to re- rebuke here or re- rebut. Okay. As it comes from good Might, good fight ministries, who says that Marvel and DC entertainment is specifically antichrist. When I started reading the Bible before I was saved, I recognized something in the story of Jesus i recognized it because I'd read that story over and over and over again. Only it wasn't starring Jesus. It was starring Captain America. It was starring Spider-Man. It was starring Thor. The stories of superheroes are literally something that if you, you know, you, you, when you take a literature class, it's the hero's journey, Mm -hmm. right? The hero's journey always has the same things. You're somehow imbued with power. That power leads you to understand you have a responsibility, which leads you to understand that you have to make sacrifices. You have to be sacrificial. You become the hero by sacrificing yourself for the greater good, the good of everyone else. It's literally the story of Jesus. Every superhero story. Name one movie where that journey doesn't play out in the Marvel universe. Every Mm. single story. And when I got to the Bible, I said, I've read this story before. The difference is, this one's real. This one isn't about a kid who got bit by a spider, who got amazing spider powers, had to learn that with great power comes great responsibility, became sacrificial. We just saw that play out in the most recent Spider-Man movie. By the end of the movie, he gives up his friends, he gives up his loved ones, and he says, I've got to make sacrifices.
1: Even in the dark, dark D.C.E.U. World. Man of Steel is constantly using <laughs> Christ imagery. <laughs> and even in Batman versus Superman Superman makes the ultimate sacrifice. Someone that is it's impossibly indestructible he still is, is willing to die for everyone on planet Earth. Superman is literally a
0: story about a a being of immense power being sent here by his father to, to, to help the people of earth and save humanity. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how much more you need to know to see that these stories are all based on the story, the greatest story ever told. Yeah. I think I've said enough about this. We'll move on. Everybody should move on from, from this particular, listen, the Holy Spirit will convict you. Uh, of what you can and can't handle. As always, direct all questions to to him. Yeah. Hey, should my kids watch the new Doctor Strange movie? I will tell you, maybe not all kids. Mm -hmm. There's some scary stuff in there. But, you know, if you do, make sure to have conversations with them. Talk to your children.
1: Hey, what up? This is Zach Guilford from Midnight Mass, and you're listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Pop Culture Pastor.
0: Harini Logan was declared the winner of the 2022 Scripps National Spelling Bee in the first ever historic spell-off. yeah, there was a they went to a spell-off, and and so help me God, if they didn't have Billy Zane announce that, I don't like. We have a spell-off. It's a spell-off. <laughs> <laughs> All concerned, like he does in Zoolander. Uh, Of course, it's not a spell off in Zoolander. It's a walk off because they're male models. They are. That's a Zoolander reference. But they keep calling it a spell off in this article. And I'm like, Billy Zane had to be there, right? If not, they missed a great opportunity.
1: I would put the whole tournament on pause until you could get Billy Zane to either zoom in or fly in. Billy Zane,
0: you got to zoom in and you got to say both his <laughs> names. You can't just say Mr. Zane or Bill William William Zane. Uh, it's got to be Billy Zane. Uh, anyways, 14 year- old Harini Logan won the 2022 Scripps national spelling bee. and uh, this was kind of this is kind of nuts. in the final rounds, uh, she was going up against Vikram Raju, a 12 year- old. And the 14-year-old Logan first missed words back-to-back. Oof. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did, okay, before you start feeling all high and mighty.
1: I'm not. I'm just sh- saying oof. She was tripped start. up
0: by the word Senegexti.
1: <laughs> Senegexti. I don't even know if I'm saying it um, right. Please use that in a sentence.
0: A Salesian people of the Columbian River Valley in Washington and British Columbia.
1: That's made up.
0: The the Senegexti live in a, the Columbian River Valley. Originated in the Columbian River Valley in Washington and British Columbia. Spell Senegexti.
1: I cannot.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It. I mean, it does sort of look like it sounds, but she apparently spelled it wrong. She also spelled Powis, Pois, a Welsh geographic name. She spelled it wrong as well. I didn't know that they could. That in the spelling bee, you got like place names.
1: Yeah. That makes it a little more difficult. Yeah, that, that doesn't go by Scrabble rules. Uh
0: Raju, a seventh grader from Denver, she was missing up uh her words. He messed up uh he, he call, which sounds like it would be easy, but it was not. It's C A U L. I don't I don't even know what that is. Um, and it allowed Logan to spell Sarah correctly, Sarah sereh s-e-r-e-h but then she was tripped up by dremis these are not real words cody no (laughs) and they went to the all-important spell off spell off we got it's a spell off we got a spell off david bowie was judging it was great (laughs) i don't know if that was real that probably didn't happen so there was some real drama attached to this though because That was just all those words they missed. They're they're head-to-head, right? That's got to be tense anyways when you're head-to-head in the final round of the National Spelling Bee. But then they go to the second round. Raju misses Otukian, giving Logan a chance again. And with the word Maya Reistin. Maya Like, I can't even say these words. She again missed that one. Then Raju missed his next word, Pirolidone. Pyro- Pirolidone. These all sound like medications.
1: Um, this spelling bee brought to you by Big Pharma. Uh,
0: just to mention, pirrolidone will cause uh, <laughs> flatulence, constant bleeding from the eyes, and uh, oh. <laughs> you know they all sound like these <laughs> medications that I don't want to take. She missed another word. They all they they go back and forth missing words, which had to ratchet up the tension, right? Or this would be the
1: most boring spelling bee ever.
0: Well, it says judges then decided, as if it wasn't just a a natural thing. So Billy Zane decided (laughs) that they would face off in a spell-off, the first in the history of the bee. Each contestant had 90 seconds to spell as many words as possible. What? Yeah. Raju ended the round with 15 confirmed correctly spelled words, but Logan edged him out with 22 words. Oh, whoa. Now, hold on just a second. I can just spell any word. Cat, C-A-T, dog, D-O-G, ham, H-A-M, pig, P-I-G.
1: Two, T-O, two, T-O-O, two, T-W-O.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> this is amazing. What What is happening at the National Spelling Bee? Raju, gracious in defeat,
1: told host LeVar Burton. Oh, Lavar, LeVar
0: Burton was the host. Why was this not on national television?
1: It probably was.
0: The Reading Rainbow guy?
1: Because usually ESPN like airs the final round. Raju told host LeVar Burton he'd be back next year.
0: I believe him. He's a three-time competitor in 2022, and he'll be
1: eligible just the one more time.
0: He's been to the National Spelling Bee three times. These kids are brilliant.
1: Um, and with a name like Vikram. If he's anything like Vikram on the office, <laughs> he's going places.
0: The 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 spe- this National Spelling Bee, Scripps National Spelling Bee, says it starts each year with more than 11 million students in school, local, and regional bees. All the bees. I don't want to toot my own horn. Yeah, I do. Okay. But in third grade, I believe it was third grade, I made it to the regional spelling bee. I won my school spelling bee. And then I'm, well, I won my grade and then my class, then my school, then I went to regionals. I can still remember the word I got knocked out on. You're going to make fun of me.
1: Avalanche.
0: I mean, I'm a, I I was a history major and the word I got knocked out on in third grade was ancient. Ouch. Ancient. It's tricky. That was a tricky word for in third grade. It is what it is. Now I was about to say now I could win the spelling bee, but probably not. No, no. (laughs) But at least you made it to regionals. I did. I did. And uh, yeah, they couldn't get me out of there fast enough probably. <laughs> you have to go. No! <laughs> I want to stay! <laughs> so, Cody, when I was younger, I took debate in high school. Did you take debate
1: in No, high but I befriended a national champion in college of debate now he's a debate coach. Oh, very nice.
0: I always figured people that were good at debate like went into law.
1: No, he literally got his masters and now a debate coach in the college level and teaches speech and those sorts of fun classes. Oh,
0: very nice. The reason I bring that up is because we learned how to I guess argue, but not argue like we think about it today. And I was just bringing this up because we don't argue very well today. Mm. In fact, we don't argue at all. We just insult mostly. <laughs> like, there's no real. I guess what I'm saying is, is in a, in, a, in a debate setting, educationally, you're you're taught how to carry on a debate, but how to specifically make your claims and be ready to rebut, uh, make rebuttals against the counterclaims or the claims of someone else and you do that in a way by offering in debate you offer evidence it's it's much like uh, in a courtroom the courtroom proceedings
1: yeah i had to judge a few rounds of debate a couple of years ago it was rough
0: you it, had to judge debate even though you'd never been yeah. exposed to it
1: and i i judged <laughs> it on the college level again so like these kids are so well prepared and they're just going back and forth and i'm like I don't know what I'm doing. I think there's some bait kids that went home that day and are like, that guy doesn't know what
0: he's doing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, anyways, I wanted to talk about how we make faulty arguments and, and how different it is from social media platform to social media platform. Hashtag trolling. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't argue very well. It, it often takes place online. And I've noticed from platform to platform, it'll look different. Okay, for instance, um, if you uh, for for, let's start with Twitter. Okay, Uh, this morning I got up and looked at Twitter, and I found that Twitter is very upset with something Joe Rogan said. This is not out of the ordinary for Twitter.
1: What? They're upset with Joseph Rogan?
0: (laughs) I know it's hard to believe. They're upset with Joe Rogan, and the standard rebuttal to whatever it is Joe Rogan said, you might oh, be aware and understand that I'm not telling you what Joe Rogan said. That is because I could not glean what Joe Rogan had said from the rebuttals, which mm. in debate, in the debate world, is a problem.
1: Not good
0: because it says you're not rebutting whatever it is he said. But Twitter, the general response to something you don't like, someone says, someone has said something you don't agree with the general response on twitter is well you're dumb and everyone who listens to you is dumb yeah. that's that's the general response on twitter now they say it very creatively They're very talented very talented people very smart intelligent people on twitter they have good vocabulary does is that your experience with twitter as well
1: yeah, I mean, they go more after the character of the person or the job that they have and are like, you're not qualified to say this, and I'm like, okay, what, what's your...
0: <laughs> right? You keep waiting for their counter-argument. But the truth is, there is no counter-argument. They just call you dumb and take their ball and go home. It's very much that it's very much um, comparable to the kid who takes his ball and went home. That's where that saying comes from. Well, you guys are too good for me to play with, and you keep beating me at my game. So since I brought my own ball to the to the court, I am now taking it home in a in it having a tantrum. Yeah, and so Twitter um, is full of these controlled tantrums. And by controlled, I mean that you're just not in the same room with them because they're probably smashing things. They're so repressed on Twitter. That's the, that's the thing that I gather from many, from many Twitter folk. Generally a repressed set in the Twitter world. But I do like following, um, there are some smart people on Twitter, and I do follow people that uh, I don't usually share views with, and I do that just to make sure I'm not, you know, I'm removing myself from any kind of echo chamber. I'm, I'm very aware of things like that. I try to be. And so the other big um, social media outlet is Facebook, which we know Facebook has a different crowd than Twitter. Typically. Just a little. Just a little different. And they also have a way of responding or rebutting some topic that uh, someone has brought up that they do not appreciate or don't agree with. And in general, uh, when someone on Facebook sees something that they don't agree with or they hear something they don't agree with, their, their rebuttal is to post a meme comparing their plight to Nazi Germany, the victims of Nazi Germany. That seems to be the general re- rebuttal by people on Facebook is to post a meme comparing whatever situation they're in to Nazi Germany, which is, comes off as both insulting and deeply, deeply exaggerative.
1: Um, it's so extreme, but mostly insulting. Yes,
0: to anyone that happens to be alive that maybe lived through that.
1: Yes, you don't want history to repeat itself, but the things that they they compare to Nazi Germany typically are nowhere near the scale or like severity of Nazi Germany. So it, yeah. It's not good. Not a good look. But it, but what, what
0: I'm trying to say in all of this is we just don't know how to argue very well. And I feel like if everybody would have taken debate class, do they not offer debate class anymore?
1: Oh, yeah. Is it just so an extracurricular
0: activity or can you actually take the class? I t- like t- in, At my school, when I was growing up, you had to take debate class to be on the debate team.
1: Okay. You couldn't just
0: be on the debate team.
1: So, no.
0: So, they don't do that.
1: Not at least that most schools around here.
0: Oh, they should do that.
1: Like, they should do you that. Can, you can do um, speech.
0: Yeah, speech isn't, that doesn't address the problem at hand. Yeah. The problem at hand is we need, um uh, we need, we need Socrates' school of rhetoric. Like, it's funny, if you study philosophy, you find these people who literally trained themselves in the art of debate, And they even had a name rhetoric is is a name for when you know you're beaten in an argument and you employ rhetoric, which, you know, is not going to refute any of their direct points. It's just meant to be distracting when someone says someone's using a lot of rhetoric, basically um, envision the way any of our current politicians talk. That's rhetoric. Um, They're not addressing anything, really. It's just fancy sounding words meant to distract you. Uh, But that's a real thing that they trained people to be able to do 2,000, 3,000 years ago. And now it's not even a skill anymore because we believe our own rhetoric. We just believe it, which is weird.
1: I think it's what happens when politics and social media combine. Because now a lot of people have the belief that well, my opinion matters, and my voice is going to be heard. Slash, you have a differing opinion than me. You are offending me. How dare you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's a sub uh, sub rebuttal on Twitter. It is. Nah, first we first thing we go to is you're dumb, and everyone listens to you is dumb. And then we go to well, that's offensive, and actually is hurting my person. Yeah, you're hurting my person. That's me. That's how. I'm referring to myself as my person.
1: Well, someone needed to.
0: My person's thirsty. I need a drink. So I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm gonna take a drink of my my lovely um, morning drink here. Me too. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Hey, everybody. Dave here. Thanks for listening to this Leftovers uh, edition of Pop Culture Pastor. All of these are clips that come from our radio show. Cody and I have a radio show on KFEX Firescape Radio 93.1. It's based in Chinook, Kansas. It's part of a youth ministry there. If you'd like to check out that Christian radio station, uh, you can go to KFEX931.com. KFEX931.com, or you can download. We have an app that you can listen to the station on your phone. Just search KFEX, and you'll be able to find that on your Google phone or your Apple phone kfex is a different kind of christian radio experience we're not like the all the other christian stations out there that play the same 20 artists we play a lot of indies in the evening times we push a lot of hip-hop and pop uh, for younger listeners so you can go check that out if you would like at those places in the meantime while you're waiting for another big episode of the podcast to come out um, please go to our podcast pages wherever you listen whether it's on iTunes or uh, the iPod, uh, the podcasting app on iTunes. I don't even know what that's called. Or Spotify or our Anchor site, which is anchor.fm backslash pop-culture-pastor. If you can go to those, rate, review us, subscribe to us. That all helps out the podcast, helps us get discovered by more people. You can also support our pod from the Anchor site. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated too. if you feel led to do that, to help us, uh, well, get better equipment and go to comic conventions. We, we go to comic conventions to try to just interact with people. We are ministers, uh, so what we like to do there is just go love on people. Be a light to, to a crowd that uh, maybe a lot of folks in the church industry can't, uh, can't speak to. But we can because we have no hidden agenda. We just want to love on people. Thank you so much for listening. Another episode of Pop Culture Pastor will drop on Friday, a big episode, and we'll see
1: you then.